0: What do you show up when you are an impact investor in your part of the world? What do you need to demystify in order for impact to take off? Hello, and welcome to Be and Think in the House of Trust, a podcast where we share a thinking moment with an inspiring leader who loves to invest in social and environmental change and helps us tell one another and the planet you matter. I'm your host, Sylvain Moissart. And I'm delighted to share that in this series, we explore how to maximize our collective wisdom grow trusted relationships and how we can lead on investment that tackle today's and tomorrow's thorny problems. Today, my guest is Evelyn Dior, calling from vibrant Dakar in Senegal. Evelyn's life mission is to contribute to the development of the African private sector by reinforcing and growing small businesses. She's also passionate about gender issues in modern African societies. Evelyn is a fund manager and the director of Women's Investment Club. And in 2019, that Women Investment Club in Senegal launched WIC Capital, the first investment fund to target women led companies in the Francophone West African region. The ambition, is to accelerate the journey to mobilizing $20 million to keep investing in the growth of women-led business in Africa. Evelyn was recently honored on the Black Women in Asset Management 40 under 40 list recognizing black women who are shaping the future of asset management. Hello, Servan. So you are very, very busy. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> just first of all,
1: let me thank you for welcoming me in your in your podcast. I have been listening to a few episodes and they are just um, food for thought always. So thank you for what you're doing to amplifying our work.
0: But let's dive in, let's let's take us out of that busyness and deep dive straight away. Say that we capital's values. Our generosity, rigor, commitment and innovation, how does it translate in your day-to-day practice, Evelyn?
1: We put it as values because to do what we are doing on a day-to-day basis and to face the kind of challenges that we face, you have to be committed. You have to be committed to the cause, knowing why we are doing it and what's the end game. So for me, personally, it's the development of the private sector. To get there, we have to have a specific focus on gender lens investment, investing in women-led small and growing businesses to kind of accelerate that growth. So once you know that, and once you are committed to that, then you express your courage, your rigor, your determination on the ground and on the day-to-day. And then generosity, what I always tell uh, to my team is like i have been investing in this space in senegal for 10 years almost 10 years and when you receive a business plan as an investor your like your mechanism the way is to just see all the gaps right in the business and all those reasons for not to invest but what i tell them is you have to, when you receive a business plan you have to be generous with it and see all the potential instead of just seeing the gaps. Of course, there will be gaps, but these gaps, we have to use them as ways to support the business, then post-investment. We support as we can during our due diligence phase and then post-investment. So if you do not have that generosity, like you will, know, you will say no to everything yeah. because that's the reality of our uh, private sector, in Senegal particularly. Uh, the private sector is really nascent and small businesses are also suffering from the environment where you, you see lots of gaps generally. So as an investor, you have to be, to have that generosity.
0: How wonderful to have this term included in a highly technical, uh, but also intuitive business. I wonder if I'm hearing, well, the generosity is taking you away from fear, uh, but but also moving you towards imagination and... Well, and, and more empathy and looking at potential of people. Exactly. So, tell me more about your landscape. Um, I know every landscape, every region have got their own setting. You know their own particularities, and you can't just tailor impact investing um, on a one size fits all patron. Tell me more about your landscape.
1: Yeah, it's it's such a good question because our landscape, our environment, has defined the way we have structured the funds and the way we are investing. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And then at at times um, when I see the way we are structured now, I see that how challenging it is for us to attract an international capital, which is not used to that, to our structure, the way we are structured, Uh, the small size fund, 20 million, you're saying, you you described it, we are raising a 20 million euros fund, which is very small, but it's all related to our landscape. Mm -hmm. When I, I told you earlier, our private sector is nascent, we have just a few large businesses, and those large businesses are actually small businesses in Europe. Uh, but for us, these are large businesses. And when you look at small and co- what we call small and growing co- businesses, these are generally businesses with less than 3 million euros revenue
0: mm-hmm.
1: per year. Mm-hmm. And when you look specifically at women led enterprises, uh, you see that actually um like in, in a country like senegal 31 percent of uh ceos are female which is a little bit higher than the average the global average mm-hmm. and when you look closer these are very very small businesses with revenue mostly generally revenue of less than 200 000 euros per year so when you know that you see the potential that these businesses mm-hmm. have because the market generally is also growing we have. A, rising middle class in Africa, Mm -hmm. Uh, growing population, rising middle class, young population. These are all opportunities when you look at that with positivity, right? So these small businesses are actually the future of the continent. Mm -hmm. They are actually uh, contributing to growth. They are actually contributing to job creation, to innovation. And looking, when you put it in contrast with uh, all those opportunities around demography, it's a huge opportunity. So we have to be intentional now to invest in them now so how do we invest in those small growing businesses uh so for us it was about bringing equity for us equity allows us to be hands-on as an investors yeah to provide the kind of technical assistance that these businesses need. yet we had to take into account um the fact that financial markets are just being built so exits are actually rare mm-hmm. and most of all, entrepreneurs, they are not used to equity. They are not really willing to give out some equity. So we, you have to incorporate that in the way you structure your financial instruments, which is what we do. So we kind of focus on self-liquidating structures using revenue sharing, cash flow sharing. This is when you observe your landscape, you know your environment. Okay, you, you provide a solution that's adapted to that. Mm. I, I want to come back a little bit to the size of the fund. Also, when you know that these businesses are actually small, you do not raise a 50 million fund to start addressing a, a 50 million or 100 million funds that will then provide larger tickets of 3 million 5 million yeah so for us it was about that small fund we started with the first very small fund of 5 million euros uh now we are going to the second fund with 20 million just to keep providing tickets that go up to 500 000 euros per company and then after that i think with these two funds we will have like created a certain number of small and growing businesses in Senegal and Côte d'Ivoire that can be then uh, addressed by, la- by those larger funds of 15 million and 100 million.
0: So adding to the landscape that, it, I mean, you pointed at it, the, the cultural element, new language, every party's had to acquire, I read on your material that 43.9% of Senegalese women entrepreneurs who borrow money do so from relatives and only 3.5% of them use financial institutions to access credit. So there must be some places where conversations need to happen and these places need to be created as well, right?
1: Yeah, it's it, it has to be created. And the reason why only 3.5% of women-led businesses are funded by Macfinance or banks is... Because at some point when you need a certain amount to scale up your activity, and microfinance is not adapted anymore,
0: mm.
1: not only in terms of amounts but also in terms of um, maturity of the loan and cost of the loan. Mm. but these businesses are still very informal and unstructured to be attractive for banks, so there need to be some intentionality in addressing them, mm. providing them with a certain size of tickets. Mm-hmm and with a certain level of technical assistance. So you have to, for us, we structure TA pre, pre-investment and, pre- and post-investment. We have our own, own uh, technical assistance facility that's called the Big Academy. Mm-hmm. Yes. that That uh, is a large number of businesses, and then some of them uh, graduate to our pipeline.
0: Right, a lot of technical assistance, learning opportunities, convening opportunities. So tell me, what are the points, of so- Tension is uh, gender lens investing dealing with in your setting.
1: So I sp- I spoke about the landscape, mm-hmm. wh- how we structured our offer.
0: Mm-hmm. It
1: was totally in line with the market and the need of these uh, women led businesses. But then we see that there is a gap between what is needed, what is done by intermediaries like We Capital on the market, and the availability of capital, mm-hmm. like at the international level, like everyone is speaking and talking about gender lens investing, large institutions are talking about that, about SMEs, but then they are still uh, providing instruments and ticket sizes with conditions that cannot match the local the needs. Uh, a simple example is when you talk to the FI and they say, okay, 20 million is actually very small. Even if we like what you're doing, um, like our minimum ticket is 10 million, or more, no more than 20% of the fund. Mm. So it directly excludes. us. But then I wonder, so if you invest that ticket size in that large fund, how are you reaching, how are that fund able to reach the women-led enterprises that are now markets?
0: Mm, sounds like a monologue,
1: <laughs> not a dialogue. Yeah. Right. And these are the points I, I make very regularly on panels, conferences, uh, calls even, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, um, I don't know how to solve it. For me, it's a matter of intentionality because I think that's Vicky Sounder who said like two years ago, three years ago during a gender smart conference that there is now enough money in the world to solve all the issues that the world is facing, all the challenges that there is enough money. Mm -hmm. But then what I add is that there's not enough intentionality to bring that capital to where it's needed.
0: Mm -hmm. Mostly, these are
1: large institutions—the kinds of DFIs, foundations. They are large institutions, so for, uh, for them to be able to provide smaller ticket is—they see it as such a trouble. So, they, and they say they are not equipped for that
0: yet. There's an expression we use in, in in coaching, which is you're trying to find some milk in a hardware store. Yeah. So, Evelyn, you have a huge knowledge of your—you know—the local landscape, but also you have got a and. Um, very interesting international background. You've worked for Alstom, Société Générale, and and Francis. What more have you learned from all your experience that helps you demystify impact investing and enabling to to take off?
1: When I look at my past experience, hmm, I think everything kind of led me to where I am now. Mm -hmm. I have always always been interested in impact without knowing exactly how to do impact. When I was younger, I was looking at the NGO space, DFI space. I also worked for a non-profit Mm -hmm. uh, as a student. And I I think that's where I first realized that it was not necessarily the most impactful. And then uh, being able to work in private sector institutions like Société Générale, a large banking group in France, and looking at all like the, the job I was doing there, I was exposed to like all the business lines of that bank. It's a generalist, you have everything, consumer finance, projects finance, uh, structured finance. And I think this is where I first realized that finance could actually be impactful because as an investor, when you are providing the capital, you are able to provide it with strings attached and those strings should be around impact. Okay, I'm providing that capital, but this is how you cannot do this activity or I'm providing the capital, but this is how I want you to impact. I want you to create X amount of jobs. And this is what we do now on a day-to-day basis, okay? When you invest, you have all these action plans and some of those actions are around impacts. So this is really association I health that I decided that I wanted to stay in finance and use it as impact. And then I moved to to Senegal, working for the sovereign fund. Mm-hmm. So being at the forefront of the development of the private sector locally, but in relation with the public sector as well, mm-hmm. and seeing all the challenges that we had in terms of attracting capital also to, to the continent and in our countries.
0: Is it part of, of the, the ongoing discussions that sometimes people say, well, you know, when you invest in an organization and you create jobs it's not the same impact and when you're creating jobs for a certain category of people you know there's a definition of impact that people never seem to agree on what do you think?
1: I think what what stays with me always from those discussions is that whenever we present often for example people directly see the impact Mm -hmm. But then it's challenging. Once they see the impact, it's challenging, it's challenging for them to see the potential profitability and the return that we can generate. So there's still this dichotomy between return and impact, mm-hmm. which I think uh, we, should, we should move past. past off. Um, when we structure a deal, when we invest in a company, of course, we want them to be impactful. So if you want them to be impactful, impactful in the long run, in a sustainable way, they have to be profitable. These businesses have to be led by entrepreneurs who are able to execute a project that can provide return to us, their investor, and so that we also can provide return to our own investors. Mm -hmm. That's a game. I would love for people to just see beyond, when you see gender, of course, there's impact, but there's also return. And there is no sufficient data that shows that. But still, in the minds of investors, gender is about impact only and not enough about returns.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and it's all linked to the fact that everything has to be built and the private sector is in essence. So, a small initiative, a small business can significantly grow, um, provide significant return, and at the same time impact so, 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 many, so many people and so many communities. And I wanted to give one example of one of our portfolio companies. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. We invested in uh, mid 2021 in a local bakery. So you will say, okay, why a bakery is not sexy for a to invest in a bakery? But we saw the scalability of the business because her model was to scale through a franchising model, mm-hmm. first throughout Senegal and then in Africa.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And what we liked also about that uh, bakery chain is the level of innovation. She was specialized in using local cereals and local fruits for her pastries. Mm-hmm. So she started working in a region, not in the capital. Senegal is really central centralized like France, mm-hmm. like everything is based in Dakar. So she didn't start in Dakar, she started in, a, in another region. Mm-hmm. And so all the impact she was already having, she was working with uh, rural groups of women who are providing, like producing and transforming the cereals and the fruits. Mm. And then in her own production uh, process, she's working with women as well, training them as bakers, etc. And once she products, like she has a boutique, and she had this network of women as, uh, that she trained as auto entrepreneurs who would then uh, sell the finished goods and she would encourage them to sell it with other products so that like they were like self-sufficient as, as auto entrepreneurs. And she was training them on how to manage their stock, how to manage their income, et cetera, et cetera. So with our investments, she was able to now uh, install. A boutique in dakar mm-hmm. like the first end of the chain have the same mechanism in dakar and we are so excited about this deal because like within 20 months she was able to multiply her revenue by eight wow like within 20 months plus investments we when we invested she had a revenue of less than 100 euros per year yeah. and she multiplied that by eight uh she created like hundred jobs between those women who are auto entrepreneurs and then her direct employees and that's not even counting the impact on her value chain and we are just at the beginning of her journey because as I said her, her goal is really to keep developing within Senegal and we see a potential to go in the neighboring countries like Mali, Guinea etc. Mm. So these are the things kind of that we like to invest in uh, women led
0: this is huge yeah so you're telling me a story of uh it's not she's not just one point in the supply chain she builds the whole supply chain the infrastructure she creates um, uh, an impact in everything she touches and you are all handing uh, holding hands and, and seeing returns quite fast yeah seeing results and returns quite fast yeah, yeah. this is wonderful
1: she, she's growing very fast and we are very excited and then you know of course, uh, growing fast, your revenue doesn't mean you do not have challenges because we are building the business, so we have to make sure that the governance is also properly in place. You know mm-hmm. that the costs are properly managed, so that you know she's she's providing actual return. That the jobs that are created are actually permanent jobs. Mm-hmm. This is all everything that the investor can also provide beyond capital.
0: Wow, I can I can imagine in in some other parts of the world where there is entire. Regions that have been deserted, you know, when people have moved to urban areas and, and the countryside is just desolated, there's no more jobs anymore, nothing. That's, even that, a model like that could really sprout something fabulous. Indeed.
1: Indeed. And, you know, another, another element uh, we do not talk about it often about that deal is that he's actually providing quality bread and pastries in those areas which is actually a, a real gap. Like when you travel outside Dhaka, it's so difficult to find good friends. So difficult. So providing a quality product, nutrient product, nutritive product to the population mm. at a small price that they can afford. This is also a big impact for us.
0: Wow. So what's the name of the business? We can't keep it secret. <laughs>
1: so she's called Mburu. Uh-huh. Watch out. This, this is going to be a very, um, a very big business in Senegal. Wonderful. And she's a very, she's a great entrepreneur, very open, very like impact was in her core, like she set up that business to impact.
0: Mm, this is great. What I'm hearing as well, Evelyn, is that what we might define our infrastructure in some parts of investment is not like this infrastructure. You really have the package of infrastructure that provides impacts and return.
1: We do. We do.
0: So, I want to take you um, to the future, a little trip into the future. Imagine it is 2033, just to make it very simple. We are, all have a different perception of risks. You know, planetary events related to climate and politics have shaken the world. And investors who used to be reluctant to do impact and claim to focus on these old fashioned definitions of infrastructure have changed. Their attitude to risk and their appetite has changed. What is it? Do you think they have understood along the way that enable them to change their mind?
1: Uh, first of all, I hope they have they understand that there is a need for local solutions, mm-hmm. and what I mean by local solutions is local fund managers, mm-hmm. who really know and knowledgeable about about the environment, the landscape, and not just n- knowledgeable in the book like in a book manner, like being really involved with the local entrepreneurs, understanding their need, being empathetic with them. There is really that need, mm-hmm. first of all. And then second, I hope that they have understood that for these local solutions to actually work, they need to be at the size of the need of the local needs as well. Mm-hmm. So there is a need to support local fund managers that are focusing on small funds, smaller funds, smaller size funds, so that they can better cater to the needs of small and growing businesses Mm. in the region, and specifically women-led. But in general, small and growing businesses, because this is really the core of the African economy. And if we are really intentional about developing the continent, we have to accelerate the growth of of those businesses. And once you understand that local solution, small size, Mm -hmm. then you will have so much impact. So it means these funds are doing smaller tickets. It means uh, so their funders will then be able or decide to invest in those smaller funds. or with smaller tickets, like just leave out the criteria of having a 10 million minimum ticket or five million minimum ticket and be able to equip yourself with a team that will be able to do uh small tickets but then with scale by just replicating there is a potential for scale with true replication not only doing large things we are not there yet so we have to acknowledge that
0: mm-hmm. And what could I add? yeah I think I think that's all some hearing that. They would have equipped themselves if they really um, listen carefully to the system that they want to explore and that they, if they're a local, oh. they've become more relevant yeah. <laughs> as investors. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Evelyn, for participating in, uh, in this uh, House of Trust episode. It was a pleasure uh, listening to you, your stories and, and your journey. Thank you so much for having me. I learned a lot about that system-based approach and uh, how to demystify impact investing when it's done in different parts of the world as well. The power of reframing, that investing with a gender lens, is the non-negotiable actually to realize an impact breakthrough. So that's it for today, my friends. Listen to the previous and future episodes of Be and Think in the House of Trust. It's available wherever you find your favorite podcasts. You can subscribe, let us know what your favorite episodes have been and also which Impact Investor or Social Finance Enabler you would love to see on the show. For more insights, events, and resources, you can head to my website, servanoisan.co.uk, and you can get my regular conscious innovation updates. You can also find me online on LinkedIn, etc. So leave me a note. I'd love to hear from you. Bye-bye for now.